Thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of our show. Indeed. Indeed. Simply put, it's the easiest way to create a professional-looking website. Couldn't agree more, bud. That's it. Yeah. That's the tweet. <laughs> um, no, they do have a lot more than that. It's uh, right. it's a, it's they have twenty four seven award winning customer support. They have very simple drag and drop technology. You can code, you can design mm -hmm. a professional looking website without knowing much about how the internet works. You can sell. You can launch and sell product from Squarespace. Yes. That's right. You can even purchase a domain name through Squarespace. For example, Jake, what can people purchase? Boneheader.com. Boneheader. It's like interesting. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you're a boneheaded person, but you're doing a boneheader of a move. You know what I mean? What about fitnessnah.com? So it's sort of like a relaxation technique mm -hmm. slash way to say damn the man with regards yeah. to fitness. It's a movement about not going to the gym. Fitness. It's nah. a it's an anti movement, really. Oh, it's that's a non movement good. movement. A, is anti movement yeah. one? Anti movement. Uh, seems I'll like have it to be. check it out later. Actually, let me look right now. Anti movement.com is not available. Don't yeah. buy that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. But so it's fitness more of a fitness <laughs> Yeah. It's more of a fitness <laughs> nah thing. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace AI also is a great way to kickstart or update written content on any website. They can generate instant personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Pretty cool th there too. Incredible. So the way to get in on this action and uh, launch your own website soon enough mm -hmm. is to go to squarespace.com slash segments. Segments. And when you're ready to launch, you use that coupon code segments at checkout to save 10% off their already low, low prices. Beautiful. Again, check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash segments to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Squarespace. If you like to drink in the ear, this is what they recommend. I love that. And that was Spain's own Amy Don't Hate Me. Oh, that's a cool name for a band. What kind of genre of music would you say that was? Uh, folk, neoclassic, rock and roll with a little bit of hip-hop, r &B. No hip-hop, no r &B. The best of the 80s, 90s, Maybe and today. Maybe a little today. punk, though. Yeah, the number one Arbitron-rated Listen at Workstation. It sounded like the, like the secret song at the end of a punk album. Oh, yeah. All by myself. Yeah. No yeah, one was yeah. looking. Right, sort of like that. Or like the Blink-182, uh, the newfound glories of We should world. explain what secret songs are to, to our audience. Do you think they don't even know? Well, how would they? There are secret songs. Drake's album has secret songs. Jay-Z's album has secret songs. Really? Recently, you, you buy the CD and it only exists as a secret song that you can listen to yeah. if you play the last track? 
Not the last track, but there are like songs, interludes, like hidden in the hidden at the ends of tracks. I thought it was like the last song actually goes on for like three more minutes of silence, and then another one starts. Right. That's. I mean, that's like the classic classic secret song. But they do have like hidden tracks within CDs still, or uh, within albums. And still. how do you access them? Uh, you listen to the whole album. So you can just actually go to track eleven, and it's that. No, no, you go to track 11, listen to track 11, and then two minutes after track 11's finished, or like sometimes it's shorter, you another track plays. Oh my God. A, a secret, secret song. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they still have them. We should do a secret podcast. That's a fun idea. <laughs> so after the set podcast ends, there's going to be an hour and a half of silence. Oh, we should do like a whole entire seven days of silence, then another podcast, <laughs> but like we'll release it separately. Oh, It'll so it's like a nine gig file yeah. where seven days, yeah, has elapsed. <laughs> Hundreds of hours have gone by, and then at the end of it is just one more joke. Right. So we won't. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, this episode comes out June second, uh, which means we're on our way to Australia by the time you hear this. What? No. Yeah, it we comes... leave June second. So I don't know. This listening... episode comes out June first. And we're going to be on our way to Australia June 2nd. In the nighttime, though. We have a red eye. Right. That's true. Okay. Hope probably by the time you read this, we're on our way to Australia. Well, I mean, by the time you read it, who knows what's happening? Yeah, because someone's transcribed transcribed it. That would take days. Don't misspeak around me, motherfucker. (laughs) I will pounce. I will pounce. (laughs) You don't get away with jack sheet. Shit. No. That's fine. No. That was that wasn't a missed talk. Yeah, they did that on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> uh, this is if I were you, the only advice podcast on the internet, hosted by us. I'm Amir, and I'm Jake. And how does this show work? We get emails from people who are in difficult places, and they're in need of our advice specifically. If they needed your advice, they'd have emailed your show. Yeah, unfortunately, they come don't. On. They they email our show. Uh, we get a lot of. One of the most commented comments about our show is that we only take relationship advice, or we only take relationship emails and give relationship advice. We do that. I think has become one of our specialties because uh-huh. we just. But that's the sheer volume of questions. That's what we get questions about, right? So we we do get emails, uh, we get some emails about work problems or family issues or school problems. Uh, but the majority of them are relationship ones. But we did find some non-relationship ones for this episode. All right. So why don't we get this party beginned? <laughs> Let's get it beginned up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's get, get it beginned. Begin ha! <laughs> All right. Ayo. Oh, wait. We got to give this real person who wrote a real email a fake name to preserve his anonymity anonymity got a lot of anonymity. got a lot of people trying to keep a little anonymity trying to take away from a <laughs> very good that was a test <laughs> and everyone I... out there singing along you are under arrest <laughs> what do they do uh so what about uh for this uh, podcast. We'll call these people uh, musicians that have had secret songs. Oh, all right, cool. So, so this would be Billy Joe Armstrong. Sounds good. Billy Joe writes. So the other day in cafeteria, this girl was talking to her friend, and I overheard her say, "Oh my God, I'm so hungry, I could literally eat the entire snack bar." 
This girl and I, while we're not friends, know each other and have talked a handful of times. Therefore, I jokingly said, yeah, probably, thinking we were close enough where it would be funny. Well, she didn't think so. She went apeshit all over social media about me being so disrespectful and how I'm such a dick. She is a decently beefy girl, so it made me look even worse, even though this girl is pretty unliked by almost everybody in my grade. So, should I apologize, or should I just say fuck it and let the anger pass over her because my reputation in the grade isn't really at risk? Thanks. Love, Billy Joe. My reputation in the grade <laughs> will remain untarnished. It can't be risked. Should and I let this run it? He's so nervous that it is. Being, <laughs> like, if we are just saying, actually, your reputation is at risk, he'll be like, oh, wait, fuck, I you, knew it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Who did you hear that it was at risk from? I was afraid it would be at risk. <laughs> Can you imagine all risking wants, my rep? All he wants is the comfort of us saying, yeah, you're right. It you sounds like your, relation, your, your reputation's not at risk. Reputation. Um, is such a high school pro- thing. Like, can you imagine your reputation once you leave school? What's yeah. my reputation? It's funny. I what I am guess, I reputed do you, as? Do you care about your reputation? Maybe subconsciously, but I never really think about reputation. The word, at least, reputation. <laughs> now that I say it over and over, it's starting to lose meaning. What is my reputation? Right. Table's also a weird one to just say. Over. Yeah, table, <laughs> table. <laughs> Table. table. No, that one's fine. Reputation okay. <laughs> is weird, though. I guess my repu. Oh, our reputation is defined by this podcast. Like mine is like this logical, analytical, emotionless dude, and, and yours is like a, f- a fiery, passionate, yeah, um, loudmouth asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's your reputation. So if your reputation was at risk, it would be quite devastating. Uh, I don't know if there's one thing you could say or do that would risk your reputation, but in high school, everything is hanging by a thread, Mm. a thin line. That's true. So would you apologize if someone was blasting you on social media? It sounds like he wants to apologize. Like, why doesn't... What's... What's the harm in apologizing? Yeah. Like it sounds like he feels bad. He feels guilty. (laughs) So just and he shouldn't have said that. And he's like. I th- I don't know. I guess he's just like thrown because he's so surprised that all of this has happened. Yeah. Like, do I have to apologize? Of course you do. Well, well then what if my 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 reputation is the apologist? I think also you have to take it as um when somebody acts like this, like when somebody puts you on blast on social media, when there's this offended, then like of course you just apologize because it's you've clearly done a bad thing. You offended someone. Uh, in a really rude way. I mean, have you ever apologized on social media? Apologizing on social media? I think you don't apologize on social media. Oh, you apologize offline. Yeah, in person. So you just say, hey, sorry about that. I think what really matters more than your reputation is the... Nothing matters more than the rep. You will being a nice guy to this this girl. So reputation one... Nice guy to girl, too. Well, I guess you do always want your reputation to just be like, oh, he's not mean. That's a good reputation. For, for, I mean, you can make your reputation anything you want. But number one, have nobody think you're mean would be a good goal. (laughs) No one thinks I'm mean. No one thinks I'm uh, a a douchebag asshole who calls women fat in the the cafeteria. (laughs) So the goal in life is to go through it Without really offending anyone so that nobody thinks you're a mean. Right. 
so navigate through the waters of society without really uh, jostling anyone the wrong way. And it's funny, too, because he's like, she took it the wrong way. She, he meant it as a joke, and she didn't take it like that. It's not like you have so much at risk here that you don't want to apologize. For. Like, I don't want to set a precedent by <laughs> apologizing to people I accidentally offend. What sort of message does that send to the student body? Just a, yeah, you, uh, you made a bad joke, and now somebody's really mad, so the right thing to do is apologize. is it ever not good to apologize would you ever say don't apologize well if he like stood up for what he believed in in some way (laughs) if uh if this girl was like even then wouldn't you just apologize like if someone was mad at you even for a bad reason what would what's the harm in just saying sorry Right. I get, I'm trying to think of a time where I've like really felt like I was in the right and I also had to apologize. And I can't think of one reason. It's funny how pride is a thing. Like right. w- That's the only thing stopping you from saying a word that you think will make someone else feel better because you don't want the message to be that you were wrong. Right. But I think the thing also about apologies is that they they take on such a strange form where the problem is... Be- at this point, become bigger than he should have never said it, right? But since he did, he can't just apologize. Like, hey, I'm sorry I said that. Like, it's not okay. Because now <laughs> other people are mad at him from social media. And, like, other people in the school will be like, this guy's an asshole. This guy's mean to women. It's taken on a grandiose uh, aura, okay? <laughs> you can edit that to make it look like I came up with aura quickly, right? So you have he, what he has to do is he has to basically debase himself completely, <laughs> start from zero, and it's like I am sorry, I am a huge asshole. I should have never said that. I don't know what's wrong with me. You need to apologize so much sometimes when you say you're sorry that the other person has to not only accept your apology but start to build you back up. Oh, so you have to like, apologize. I'm a monster. So much. I can't believe I said that to you. I hate myself. <laughs> and only then can somebody rather like that's when it changes for them to say like, no, you're not an asshole. You're not a monster. I know you meant it as a joke. That's what you, you need to let them (laughs) tell you that you meant it as a joke, but you can't say, I'm sorry. You obviously took that the wrong way. I meant it as a joke. I didn't mean to offend you. Like, well, you did offend me. You're an (laughs) asshole. Like, Hey, I'm not an asshole. You're taking, you're going like, you have to apologize so much that the other person starts to apologize. Right. That's like sort of when I was in relationships, when I was a younger lad, like I would think like the only way to uh end a fight is to feel so bad that the other person like had to like make right. me start feeling That's better. That's the nature of apologies and arguing. But I feel like it was false. I was just of like stu- I was lying so that this person would make me feel better and then I'd be like all right it's okay. Now we're back to neutral. Like some sort of weird it's so demented game. But it I don't know it's all it's just like the way the way things are. So you I have wish to, it was better. So you have to actually like. Well, I guess what I'm, percentage apology? What percent of apologies would you say are not like are yours or non-sincere? I think at this point, when I apologize for something, I mean it. Because one thing you can do before you apologize is to like really put yourself in their shoes. This is how you would give it a sincere apology. I'm talking like I think what I was talking about is sort of what. Um, makes people not like to apologize because that's the nature of apologies. <laughs> but if it was me doing it, I would 
really search my soul to find a reason that I was sorry. So rather than look at the way she blew up at you and how you feel like it's undeserved, you look and say, how did I make her feel with that comment? What could she have been going through in her day or in her life? And like, why was she so offended? And then you, when you talk to her, you really are coming from a place of being like, hey, I am sorry. I obviously couldn't have understood how that would make you feel. But knowing how it did make you feel, I am mortified that I said anything. You should never have to feel the way like that. And then she'll be like, that's okay. As long as you tweet your apology, I will totally accept right. it. Well, the it world's really filled, has to filled with a, assholes, a so you never apology. know what's going to happen. It has to be a public apology. Or we can do it in private, but you have to be naked. Nude yourself to me. Present yourself a nude to me. That's interesting. So that I can embrace your apology and I can see your body. I want to see all of it. Like, you don't apologize. Just, just show me your penis. Show me, show me your. <laughs> Not penis erect. To me. <laughs> I want to see your small little acorn dick after you've come out of a shower. <laughs> I want you to present yourself clean At your and most vulnerable. <laughs> Pale skinned, freckle face, and goose flaccid for the world to see. Goosebumps and shivering body. I want you to present that to me. And then, and only then, will I accept your apology. Because I'll have seen you at your worst, <laughs> and you've seen me at mine. Uh, all right, so apologize. In a sincere way. It's like... If you're not sincere, find a way to make yourself sincere. Make your, if, you make your, if you're making yourself sincere, then you're not sincere. No, anybody... You, it's yes, like, you it's are. not a lie if you believe it. No, if you're flippant with your apology, then it's not sincere. But if you say, like, I... If you actually sit down and you think about why you should be sorry, then it is a sincere apology. So what if you are you sincere, you are sincere, but you just say it really quickly, like, oh, I'm sorry about that. Or is that better than actually meaning, or sincere short apology, or one where you're lying and be I like, I don't think there is I'm such totally, a thing as a sincere so short apology. Why not? If like you actually feel bad and you say, I'm really sorry about that, I feel bad. Or if you're lying, you're like, I searched my soul and I totally get what I've done to you. And it really wrecks my heart and brain to know that I did that to you. And you're just acting. Well, if, if you're really, really sorry, why would your sincere apology sound like you're being an asshole? <laughs> because, because you you're don't just know how to talk to people. Okay. <laughs> you feel bad. You feel uncomfortable speaking uh, sincerely to people. Uh, all right, apologize. Always apologize. You need another uh, guy's name who had a secret song on an album. Jay-Z. Writes. Good day, guys. I got a seriously stinky situation and desperately need your advice on how to deal with it. Every day at my workplace, we get our toilets cleaned, but that happens after we all leave for work for the day. Unfortunately, we have a serial toilet destroyer who arrives at work before everyone. Every morning, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that, literally every morning he uses the bathroom. But he doesn't just use it, he abuses it. He must have something seriously wrong with him because he sprays shit, which is a very different color each day, all over the back of the toilet bowl and somehow on the lip on the very top of the bowl. Now, this wouldn't be a problem if he used a toilet brush that's right next to the fucking toilet to clean up after himself, but he doesn't. He leaves it for the rest of the employees to deal with for the rest of the day. Not only does he somehow stain the porcelain bowl, the smell that he leaves behind could kill a Talgarian army. It took me a while to figure out who the culprit was, and now that I have figured it out, 
I don't know what to do. I can't just walk up and say something to him, and speaking to HR about this would be very disgusting. So instead, I told several others who were wondering who the bloody Punisher is. He's very proud of what he does with that stupid smirk on his face. I'm tempted to get revenge on the behalf of my helpless co-workers. Should I arrive before him after a big night of Indian food and destroy the toilet, giving him a taste of it not only his own medicine, but of my taint? Should I start taking photos of his abominations and leave printouts on his desk? I feel as if I should quit because I cannot deal with this shit. Any advice on how to deal or punish this guy would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Love, Jay-Z. <laughs> it's funny. He's, he thinks the guy's proud. <laughs> he walks out with a smirk. I bet he's not proud. He literally has a shit-eating grin as he emerges from the bathroom. anybody that's like, I am the, sh- I am the shitter. Yeah. I, am the, I destroy the, the toilet every morning. He said, P.S., I think I've heard of John Wolf doing this once, which would make <laughs> sense because what he's doing is not illegal. Yes. Yeah, but it is a public nuisance. And it's not subtle, though. No, not. He's that's spraying shit. That's the interesting. That's how you know it's not a wolf. His calling card isn't correct. Uh so let's say there is this guy who is proud of spraying shit on this toilet bowl every morning. Right. How do you get back at that? I don't think posting photos of it will be good because, like, he seems to take pride in it. Yeah, he probably takes his own photos. Yeah. <laughs> like a serial killer keeps his own newspaper clippings. I know the answer to this, but have you ever taken a shit so epic that you've taken a photo of it and shown it to me recently? Because it was a long... A long, thick log. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have you ever taken a nice a shit you've been proud of so much so that you've taken a photo I've and d- shown it to me recently? Go on. Asked and answered. <laughs> you didn't answer. Asked and inferred. You didn't infer. You didn't answer. Let Have me ask you, you a question. A- Have you ever taken a video of yourself taking <laughs> a shit and then re- reversed the video so it looks like the shit is fucking you in the ass? <laughs> Everything except for the last part. It doesn't look like it's fucking me in the ass. It looks like it's going back into me. Sure. There's no insert outs. What's your what is your point here? <laughs> My point is that I make art and you make shart. And speaking of shart, what should we do about this shitsmith? This mystery shitsmith. The shitsman. How do you how do you embarrass a shitsman? Okay, this is what you do. Oh my god. And this is something that we did at Burning Man. Oh. This is something I learned at Burning Man. So you know it's true. Uh, well, it's, I think it, it would be more embarrassing in this scenario. It was funnier at Burning Man. So there are porta potties everywhere. Not everywhere, where the porta potties are. There are porta potties. <laughs> uh, and, and you like, in the middle of the day in the high points, there are usually like lines for them. What so, do you mean, high points? Oh, like rush hour? Uh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Just like so, people are in line for the port potties. They somebody goes in, mm-hmm. and then as soon as they go in, a big mob of people comes around with a um, a red carpet. Oh, they roll it out. Oh, and like from the the porta potty door, just out back into the middle <clears throat> of the crowd. Yeah, everybody. They call people over. <laughs> Everyone comes around, forms a huge crowd oh. on both sides of the of the red carpet, and then you wait. And as soon as that person <laughs> opens the door, everyone just cheers, and then they walk the entire red carpet. And at the front, they like um, get they get a they pose with like a photo, yeah, and they take, and then they and they make a speech. So they do that to everybody, or just one? person? No, it's just like 
it never happened to me. A random. And yeah, it's like just this group of people that like to stage this sort of. So he gets everyone in the prank. office to come in, roll out the red carpet, so that when this guy leaves. Right, but so maybe rather than like celebrating, like cheering for him, they all jeer at him. Oh, they hiss. <laughs> yeah, they'll all. <laughs> There's serpents to that point. <laughs> Especially if everybody is aware of it and everyone knows who it is, they should all... Because you can't be mad at everybody. You know what they should do? They should up the ante from that. Because like, I think what, what, what's giving him that shit-eating smirk is that he thinks nobody, he's doing this as like a silent little assassin. So what if he gets everybody to go into the bathroom while he's doing it? That seems like the way to get back at a shitter because the best thing about taking a shit is doing it in private. Right. So you mean while he's taking a shit the entire office barges in not barges in but like one by one so oh like, you're i'm oh, imagining it's waits. a single stall thing you're imagining it's like a yeah, multi-person op- bathroom yeah an open a multi-stall bathroom i'm imagining it's a single one bathroom well, i'm sure you can get in either way but like if it's like one by one by one by one and suddenly there's like 30 40 50 people in there while he's taking a shit and he's just so fucking mortified as he's spraying shit yeah, the bad. other thing to think about is that he might just have IBS and he's like really <laughs> ashamed, but he can't control himself when he gets to the bathroom at work. Yeah. It's like, oh, at least it's anonymous. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And he like wants to clean it, but he's too embarrassed. He's like, I don't want anyone to know it's me. So he hurries out of the bathroom. And he just thinks about the happiest moment he had as a child that makes and him smile a bit. <laughs> And then it's like, this is what we're going to do. The happiest moment he had as a child was finding out his father had passed away <laughs> because he th- he went through his whole life thinking that his dad had run out on them. But it turns out, no, he'd actually died. So he was like, oh, I'm happy that at least he didn't abandon me on purpose. Yeah. So like, as this- so his life is like, and he also has IBS. So he has the saddest life ever. And now you want to bully him <laughs> by hissing at him coming out of the bathroom. Just imagine how mortified that guy would be if he was in the stall. We, d- we teach you to practice empathy. Or. Or. Public shamings of them. <laughs> uh, so if you really want to embarrass him, I like the group idea. Surround him with people either right during his shit or right after. Out him as the, sh- as the shitsman. Because maybe what he gets off to is the fact that he thinks it's anonymous. That's true. So once you like point a finger at him, put the stage light on him. I also think you could talk to HR about it. That's kind of funny. They, like, they do have to deal with stuff like that. Like people that take shits na- in a nasty way? Yeah, if they're disrupting the office, that's HR's job, right? <laughs> is he disrupting the office or is he just pooping? He's disrupting the office. He's a disruption. <laughs> <laughs> Let them deal with it. Well, they—that's what they're there for. Human resources. <laughs> and what better resource than poop? That's a resource. Uh, all right, those are two options for you. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back with more questions right on the other side of this advertisement. Thank you to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode of our program. Hell yeah. It's pretty simple. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, and then it monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. It's perfect. It's for all those subscriptions that you tried and then forgot about, but you're actually paying for and you don't even realize it, folks. I had, no joke, over a million dollars a month worth of subscriptions that I did not need. That's amazing. Did not That's need. That's amazing. That's so uh, much cash. I was buying 35 new houses a freaking month on yeah. the subscription box that I accidentally <laughs> subscribed to when I park was high. Box. Yeah, park yeah, box. Yeah, it came with the condos, yes. dozens of them a month. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? 
Let me do a quick little audit. Rocket Money came in and they're like, by the way, you're spending one and a half million dollars a month. We could probably just cancel this one. Yeah. Like, damn, and I could use that. I did. Incredible. Yes. Congrats. And you should use that. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved them a total of $500 million. That's almost entirely me. $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Yeah. Most saving of it yours. the average member only $740 a year, which is not as much as the $1.5 million a month that I saved, but still a lot of money to some people. For sure. So if you're looking to save some cash, which who isn't, mm -hmm. uh, you can stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash segments. Segments. There's something in your bank account that doesn't need to be there. Rocketmoney.com slash segments will find it and eliminate it. Whoa. Nice. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash segments. Segments. Take control of your finances today. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rocket Money. This HeadGum podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. We are back. Hola. <laughs> Hola. Nice. It's like, hello, backwards. No, it's not. Ole. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I don't want to forget it. I want to know you. <laughs> Ole. Guacamole. <laughs> and I'm pissing myself. <laughs> you also pissed yourself before we started. <laughs> and during the break. Uh, I just realized something. Today is June 1st. If a miracle happens. Oh my God. <laughs> today will in fact be the day. I know where you're going. <laughs> I don't even want to. Dare we say? I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it could by we? saying it. But we could be moving into. Obviously, calling it a dream home would be underselling it. So yes. that's that's at least me leading you to the doorstep of what we're talking about. A dream home. We it is the lost city of Atlantis. It is not a dream home. <laughs> like, I I did feel bad even calling it that. We recently saw a house that we ideally like to move into it is it is what's above utopia valhalla valhalla 
Shangri-La. <laughs> the Garden of Eden. Uh, it is a home. It is a beacon. It is a light. It is an energy source on Raven Nest. It is a house we cannot afford, but it is the one we deserve to yes. be in. It's the house we deserve, but not the house we can afford. Absolutely. Right now. We ran out of options in our price range. So what we did was double what we can afford. And yes. what we saw was a Actually, home. borderline triple. Borderline triple. By the way, <laughs> we did, it was we our initial, we, we tripled our initial budget. <laughs> That's right. Without tripling our income. Mm-hmm. So we just said we are willing to spend what we're not. <laughs> just to get in the door. <laughs> we convinced ourselves in order to walk through these pearly, pearly gates at Raven Nest. And what we saw dumbfounded us. We were awestruck. We were dumbfounded. We were we we were confounded. <laughs> we were struckfounded. It is unfounded, unprecedented. I can't imagine a world where we don't live in Raven Nest. I can't imagine a world where we to do. live and to die in Raven Nest would be more than an honor. If to I, die a thousand ne- <laughs> to, to die to die a thousand deaths mm-hmm. for one night in Raven Nest. My my goal in life is to find a woman who will bear me a child who will die in Raven Nest. A child. What a, a child proud to die proud in. moment it would be for me to lose an infant to lose my kin <laughs> to my king. For me to feel that sense of shame and I sorrow. Be, in I will Raven be a jester. I will be. A, I will be a jester in the palace that is Raven Nest. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will proudly serve the king Absolutely. as a humble, humble as jester, as a servant. As I will should. be a prisoner that is to be bound to be beheaded. Absolutely. It would be an honor to find a genie so that I may grant you the other two wishes, for I have but one. It is to die in Raven Nest. For me to live there for an eternity <laughs> as a dead soul would be greater than spending... To be reincarnated as a blade of grass on the lawn of New Zion, for, of New Jerusalem. For, that is Raven's Nest. For me to be a patch of grass that a pig would spend eternity shitting on, as long as it be in Raven Nest. For it to be in Raven Nest uh, would be such an honor. May I ask you a question? You already have. <laughs> and I have already answered. Do you dream of Raven Nest? Of course not. It wouldn't fit. Not a house to dream of. I don't sleep. I stay awake, longing for Raven Nest. I lust after her. Dreaming, dreaming implies that I uh, am at a state in my life where I can be restful outside of Raven Nest. To Raven Nest. To Raven Nest. To you. To me. So that we may find the, the, the cash. Raise a glass, but do not let the wine touch your lips, because the wine of Raven Nest is too sweet to bear. But I bear my soul to Raven Nest, and all I am to be to to that that I am for her, <laughs> for it, for I, for him to go to me. It may never be enough, <laughs> but I will have no less than Raven Nest. <laughs> I will be homeless before I I am denied that house, which I will be, for we offered fifty percent asking. This, <laughs> this is our cover letter. <laughs> Anyway, we're uh, two comedy writers. To pay rent in Raven Nest is a travesty, a tragedy that I won't allow to happen to me. (laughs) I can't afford it to happen to be to me. Uh, We took the asking price (laughs) and we said no chance. (laughs) To assign a price to Raven Nest is more than a slap in the face. We slapped the owner across the face. We said your house is worth tenfold what this is. (laughs) So we'll offer you half. Because you don't deserve half. Yeah. You don't deserve to own Raven Nest. <laughs> Only we are the rightful heirs. 
Excalibur, the sword in the stone. That is the home that I must own. Can somebody own Mount Everest? Can somebody own Vesuvius? Can you own the ocean? Can you Mount own the Olympus, sky? Mount Olympus, the kingdom of the gods. Kingdom come. My kingdom come. It, it actually will The river sticks. Come. Do you... Imagine living a night in Raven Nest where you are not plagued by wet, wet dreams. <laughs> to surf out on a wave of cum as we move out of Raven Nest one day. <laughs> years and years of nocturnal emissions. <laughs> Just overpowering the home, the, 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 the en suites. It is a four-bedroom. It is a five-bathroom. There, there are, is a pool. There are four en-suites and a powder room. It is open concept. There is a pool. There is a two-car garage. There is a gate. For I may sleep on that gate. And I don't mean to lay my rest my head beside the gate. I do want to firmly slide my body along the spine of the top of the gate. The gate is fully furnished. <laughs> The gate is a four-bedroom <laughs> studio apartment. The gate has an ensuite. And every house that I've seen since Raven Nest is a toilet. <laughs> it is absolutely not a home. Uh, I can't imagine living anywhere but. And at the same time, we can't, I can't stress this enough, we can't afford to live there. As we, we are speaking we, right now, we are waiting on the email from our realtor mm-hmm. to tell us that we did not get the house. Absolutely, we will not get Raven Nest. We do not deserve Raven Nest. But show me a soul who does. Impossible. More than improbable. But there is a chance we do get it, and the next couple episodes we'll be recording from there. So that'll <laughs> oh be a chill little place. God, could you imagine? No, I cannot. Uh, but before that... Well, actually, slightly after. We're going to be in Australia. Oh. We're coming this week, next week, next that week. That would be the biggest tragedy of all, to get Raven, Raven Nest. Nest to move in on the first and to leave, leave on the second for two. I would miss the house I so desperately. I can't. Only only, only uh, an adventure in a new uh, tropical, it's not tropical, exotic uh, continent country w- could tear me away from Raven Nest. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, that's what it is. Great. We're going to be in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Brisbane, Perth. Uh, five cities, one of which is already sold out. Sydney, dangerously close. Uh, tickets available still on our website, if I were you show, dot com. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was lost again. <laughs> my body is here, but my mind, <laughs> my soul, my heart, my eyes are with Raven Nest. I can't. To think of Raven Nest would be putting it down. It thinks of me. <laughs> it thinks of you? I don't think so. It is you. You are it. <laughs> That's very good. What bedroom would you want? The Raven Nest. The Raven Nest. The master will be the master's room. <laughs> there, are four, there are four masters. You have to show some reverence. The master only has one master. My master is Raven Nest. And your master is me and Raven Nest. <laughs> What do you mean? She needs me in that master. <laughs> she wants me in that master. Raven Ness must have me, for I am her master. <laughs> we are husband and wife, that home and I. Can you imagine finding a woman, a soulmate, after uh, living in Raven Nest? Can you imagine starting a family after having... I only spent- have so much love to give. And? And it is all with her. <laughs> With Raven Nest. Could you imagine sleeping with Raven Nest? Can you imagine taking her in as a as a, a soulmate and a wife to you? I can imagine letting Raven Nest wear a strap on and pegging me, sir. <laughs> can you 
<laughs> How do you imagine that happening? I would like to put a strap on on the ensuite. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Forget I said this. <laughs> a strapping strap on on the ensuite. Uh, all right. Let's get to one last question, shall we? Uh, this one is a relationship question. We, we, I'm sorry, we can we can only avoid it for so long. Yeah, we get so many relationship questions that even on our special non-relationship, yeah. <laughs> there's still one. episode one of three. But this one's pretty good. Do you have another? Is there a name worthy of even bringing up after we discuss Raven Nest? A hidden song. I don't think Raven <laughs> Raven Nest knows a hidden song. I think she is an opera. I think she is a swan song. I think she's a siren song. Meaning? Meaning I am sailing to her, and I will let her consume me, knowing that I will die a slow death, but to live, but to live in Raven Nest. Dying in Raven Nest would be so honorable because it meant we were in it again. To Raven Nest. Absolutely to Raven Nest. Raise your mead. And your steed. All right. Raven Nest writes, I do declare, you've heard of the friend zone, but have you ever heard of the sloth zone? I have found myself in a quandary of sorts in the strangest variety. I work as a bartender and the bar is due, uh, and the bar is due east from my house. Remember that direction. It will come in handy later. Now, one fine evening, I am tending bar, being a suave and a cool, when the gods of alcohol consumption smile down on me and two beautiful girls I had been making conversation with at the bar left me their phone numbers on a single napkin. A notable aside is that for some reason, our conversation somehow landed on the topic of sloths. Here's where it gets tricky. They are obviously friends and thus obviously talk. So I didn't know if it could be some sort of trap to text one of them before the other and potentially give away which one I was more interested in. Thinking on my feet, I decided to try a bold move and text them both in a group message. Even bolder, I didn't say who it was, but going with the conversation from the bar I texted, did someone mention slots? Here's a random fact. Surprisingly, it went over extremely well. We all group texted for a while, and eventually the girl that I secretly was more interested in started texting me separately. Jackpot, right? Nope.com. She still only wants to talk about sloths and occasionally other cute animals. I don't mind the animals, but how do I move the conversation away from that and more towards me wifing this chick up? Did I ruin my chances with the sloth line? Can I save myself and still have a chance with this girl? Should I have chosen a better random sloth fact? Yes. Sorry, dude. You are all sloth talk. <laughs> all sloth, no moth. You are done. Uh, so learn everything you can about sloths. That's what you're going to talk to her about forever. This is a texting phenomenon that I've experienced. Maybe you have too, is getting stuck in the inside joke mode. Suddenly, it's been like, uh-oh, four, five, six, back and forth. I'm force. an expert at getting out of that mode, and I won't even allow myself to get into that mode. It's quicksand. It's lazy. So what do you do? You bring up the sloth or an inside joke, which is a great way to break the ice. But then you can't stay on it. Of course not. Is it how, what would you say is the, a good amount, just as, as a rule of back and forths? Maximum two. So you say sloth, she makes sloth joke. You make at most one more. more. And if she, she makes if she one, does more, one more, 
you're you're 100% out. 100% done. <laughs> you're gone. You are ghost. You don't have to respond to every sloth-related thing she says with something else sloth-related. Change the subject. Just like in any conversation. <laughs> For example, we were talking about what could only be described as, like you said, the gates to New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right now we're talking about sloths. Well, when I'm talking, I'm only ever talking about Raven Nest. Absolutely. That is, because that, that is, is where I am. That is that where is I belong. True. That is it's, where I come from. And, and that is me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel and like... I resent the accusation. I did not accuse. I did not accuse. We both have a reverence for Raven Nest. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. No one reveres her more than I, except maybe you. <laughs> so we, we revere both, her we equally. Both. So do we revere her equally? <laughs> silence. <laughs> Shall we do two minutes of silence in reverence to uh, Raven Nest? To Raven Nest. I weep for you. <laughs> to Raven Nest, how sweet Nest. How sad would it be to interrupt a moment of silence to sing a bad song you wrote? Like taking that, considering that as the stage. <laughs> Everybody needs this. <laughs> and here we go. Raveness. Or the fence of Raveness. For she goes and high she waddles. Why young go to Raveness? Hey diddle diddle and a hey diddle doddle. <clears throat> Ravenest, <laughs> how sweet the nest. What once was sad is now the best. Oh, Ravenest. <laughs> Bad. How dare you? <laughs> For even the worst song about Raven Nest is music to everybody's ears. What should, uh, this this is going really well from this guy, this sloth guy, right? Yeah, of course. He's got if, she t- if somebody takes it from grouped just to you, that's like the flirtiest I mean, thing I've ever heard. The flirtiest thing is leaving your number on a napkin for a bartender. That's then, dangerous though, the two numbers. Would you have done the dual text? I would have done exactly what he did. Or how do you how does he know that time in um we did this once where Two girls gave me their numbers, and I texted the one that was like way less attractive. Oh yeah, that was a cool move. Yeah, and I did, and I never texted that other one. And then eventually, she texted me. That has nothing to do with this, really, or kind there's of no applicable lessons here, right? Well, anyway, so I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> just know where I'm coming from. You just 
have to stop talking. You don't have to give in to the inside joke every time. It's also like, it's really easy to keep on going back because you're like, oh, I know that she responds to this. I know that she texts me about this. Right. But switch also, it up. Like, it's your job to move the conversation forward if, you, if that's where you want it to go. Don't just like play the sloth game until she asks you out. You've already done something really passive by texting them both and hoping she moves you over to a, a solo text. She's right. basically taken every swing in this relationship. She left the number. She left the group chain. And now she's like waiting for you to stop fucking talking about sloths and you can't. So everything is going great. Don't discourage. Just change the subject. Um, what was I about to say when it came up? Oh, right. And if if you want to know exactly what to say, textjake.com is still available. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> I've helped people get out of this situation. 100% uh, I have. Uh, it's a website that allows Jake to text specific uh, to your specific needs. So you'll upload your conversation, and you, you, you need Jake to tell you exactly what to respond with. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's too late, right? Would you say that's happened before? Sorry. Um, I'm eating nuts right now. <laughs> of course, you can't eat nuts right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was really hungry. Nature Box jalapeno cashews. <laughs> Brought to you by. See, that wasn't a total derail. Uh, that some, really was just me eating nuts. So sometimes uh, it's uh, too late for the for your help. Yeah, I would say almost half the time now it's like. I'm getting this is kind of inconvenient for me, but it's like text analysis where people are uploading like a ton of their texts uh, and be like, what do you think? Like, how is this going? Should I ask her out? Or like, hey, what's why is this guy um why is this guy going silent on me? Am right. I doing something wrong? So I'm like reading all these texts and trying to uh read into people's situations. But it seems like this is the perfect uh perfect question for you because it seems to be yeah. going well he just needs to know how to pivot from sloths to literally how do i anything stop else. talking about sloths it would be so easy yeah i could help i spend years not talking about sloths and probably so do you mm-hmm. yeah but totally. it is good it is good to have something dumb like that to bring up uh originally do you ever like slip stuff like that in uh to the conversation at first so that you're like oh this will be a good thing to text about later or does like, let's say you're talking about nothing in specific with a lady, and then you're like, oh, I should bring up something really weird and esoteric so that I can bring up later as an inside joke. Or will inside jokes invariably have to come up during a conversation, whether it's something specific like slots or something else? Interesting. Um, I don't think I've ever, like, secretly inserted an inside joke that I, like... It usually to... comes up organically. Yeah, 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 I would say so. Because any, every conversation is about something. Right. If, as long as you, as soon as you guys get like a common interest, then you can exploit it for a little bit, just like you did with sloths. But you don't, you can't. It's not. Uh, it's not the. Uh, I don't know, what's the word? Like the gift that keeps on giving. A gift you can't. Raven nest. <laughs> it's not the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Raven nest is the gift herself. <laughs> Okay. She is the gift. She is the one. All right. I'm she is sorry. Adam. She is Eve. <laughs> she is, she the, is the serpent, and she is God. She is the Bible. She is the story. She is Mecca, Muhammad, Allah. <laughs> oh wow! She really is everything, and anything, and nothing at all. The house itself does not exist all at once. <laughs> um. So. And it is worth sixty percent of asking. <laughs> 
That being said, I cannot stress how little we can afford this home, sir. Why did we see it the way we did? You've built a palace. It's so funny. Just like, <laughs> the image of us walking through all the rooms like, oh, this is really nice. This is great. And then knowing what our financial situation was. <laughs> it's like test driving a Tesla with $38 in your bank account. Yeah, what? Well, like, of are. course, it is a nice car. Yeah, I already knew that. Uh, I, I don't, I think I don't, I haven't done in life to, in, enough in life to deserve it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for this guy, things are going well. Just change the subject. Exactly. Uh, all right, that's our time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, If you have your own questions, your own theme song submissions, like Amy Don't Hate Me, send them over to ifiwereyoushow at gmail.com. Still accepting thumbnail submissions for our Facebook page. Every time we upload our podcast, we use original artwork from you, uh, our talented fans. The opening theme song, once again, is from a Spanish group, Amy Don't Hate Me. And this closing one is a full song. It's pretty good. We just felt a little weird opening the show with like a a multi-minute song. So it's from a band called The Legacy. Enjoy that. We'll be back next week. And then we'll definitely be in Australia by the time that episode comes out. All right, bye. Salarian, Frank and old Jess, I'm wearing them. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. like 20 jeans. Oh, my knees get seized like cheese, yeah. But only if she's in between. She wants to be in the middle. She wants to be with me. I guess that she wants to make it three. She wants to be in the middle. She wants to be in the middle of us all. And I'm stuck in the middle with you. Women sweater like penis and dirty Making podcasts like these nerdy dudes. These two. So, get in the middle, bitch. Ben Swartz, time in the middle ditch. Get a spotter so I can get hella rich. Climbs up, looking like I've been a pissed off. Shark at a Starbucks, like I see a topless Mark Paul. I keep common swipe phone, match with a girl hotter than Jake's mom. Quickly flew to a house, man. Yeah. Nine to five on the freeway. Yeah. 30 minutes later, she gave me head like I did a little leeway. She said she brought a friend. I'm like, hey, yeah. Okay. To my surprise, it was the guy she said, don't worry, he ain't gay. She wants to be in the middle. She wants to be in the middle of us. She wants to be in the middle. She wants to be in the middle of us. She wants to be with me. She wants to be with me. I guess that she wants to make it free. She wants to be in the middle.
She was 